Hi everyone, this is Leslyn Keith, President of the Board of Directors at Lipedema Project and Director of Research. Welcome to Living Well with Lipedema. Today I have an excerpt from a webinar featuring Dr. Mary Newport that was presented in September 2021. Dr. Newport is famous for helping her husband affected by early onset Alzheimer's by feeding him coconut oil. In this excerpt, she talks about how nutrition impacts health, including why sugar is so bad and how we replace good fats with highly processed seed oils. She describes early research by Ansel Keys that continues to shape nutritional guidelines today, such as removing good saturated fats from our diet and replacing them with processed trans fats. What's so bad about sugar? Well, there's a lot of things bad about eating too much sugar, but one of the big factors are advanced glycation end products. So these, I call AGEs, they accelerate aging. So it's kind of easy to remember AGEs. And this happens, for example, in a skillet, if you cook with fat, the proteins and sugars will bind to the fat, and then it produces these what are called glycated end products. And so people that have chronically elevated blood sugar will produce large amounts of these. And these products, these substances are not normally shaped. They are, they don't function normally and they get in cell membranes. They affect tissues. They cause a lot of inflammation and damage to surrounding tissues. They can interfere with cell function and cause release of damaging substances. And they're very inflammatory and they can affect almost every type of cell including fat cells and brain cells, cells lining blood vessels. They cause blood vessels to leak. They cause LDL cholesterol to be trapped in the blood vessel walls. They're involved in numerous disease processes, especially complications of diabetes. So this is one of the big problems of eating too much sugar. So a couple of other culprits, as far as the fats, what happened to the fats in our diet? So soybean oil went off the charts, you know, during the latter half of the 20th century. And margarine basically replaced butter. Butter came way down. This started happening like during World War II. And then margarine was developed. It was solid fat, hydrogenated fat loaded with trans fats. And so, you know, this kind of took over and we were encouraged not to eat butter. We were told to eat margarine, which was loaded with trans fat. It had the heart healthy check from the American Heart Association. And they told us to eat it. And we did. President Eisenhower had had a heart attack. It stimulated a lot of research. And there was a group that did a study of sugar and they said sugar was the culprit. Well, the sugar industry didn't like that. So they funded a big study of fat <laughs> to try to see if maybe fat was the problem. And so Ansel Keys, it's basically what he focused on. And he published this study in you know, the 1950s. And it was data from what he published was six countries showing that the more fat that was eaten on average in the country, the greater the death rate was from coronary heart disease. These were looking at men. But what came out, there were people that objected to this. And it turned out that he actually had 22 points of data. And he only put in six points of data. And these points were scattered. They were not a nice straight line. And if you pick six other points, you could show the exact opposite effect, <laughs> that the less fat you ate, the greater your risk of heart disease. So 
there was some cherry picking there, but nonetheless, you know, certain people like to study and they funded another really big study that became the basis for our low fat diet strategy. And it's called the seven countries study. And this has shaped, it still shapes our nutritional policy. These are still considered the core studies that are used to decide that we should eat a low fat diet and low saturated fat diet. And in this study, they followed 16 cohorts of middle-aged men, no women in the US, Europe, and Japan, over 12,000 people, but they didn't do dietary questionnaires for each of the people. They picked five to 10% in each cohort. And many of them were studied just for a single day, one 24 hour diet. Well, you know, we all know we don't eat the same thing every day. You know, it can fluctuate quite a bit over the course of a week or so. And some of the people, it was a week long study. Most of the people were studied once and some twice, like a couple of years later. They did all kinds of measurements, including cholesterol. They followed them over time. They actually could not do fatty acid analysis of food. So they couldn't break down what the actual, whether it was saturated, monounsaturated, polyunsaturated fat, they couldn't really do that at that point. So they weren't measuring actual saturated fat or trans fat content of the food. And then 25 years later, they did this whole set of studies in which they attempted to reconstruct because now they could measure these fatty acids and trans fats. They tried to reconstruct the foods that were in these diet questionnaires from 25 years earlier. They analyzed them. They assumed that these reflected the diet of these cohorts, I guess, for 25 years because they were looking at 25 year follow ups and how many people had died of coronary heart disease. And, you know, it's just a big assumption that people's diets are static, that they don't evolve in spite of all the different culprits we talked about earlier, the increases in fats and sugar and everything that had happened during that time. They also measured just total cholesterol, not HDL or LDL cholesterol. And there were a lot of inconsistencies. I mean, one of their studies would show there was some associated with cholesterol. Another one didn't. They didn't find associations with smoking, which became obvious later that smoking had a lot to do with coronary heart disease. Activity, BMI, those things didn't stand out. And some of their studies, they had with the cholesterol data, it was kind of not showing much significance at 25 years. So there were two cohorts that their cholesterol levels had gone up quite a bit and it didn't jive with the other data. So they actually threw that data out of the study. And then it, it held up more that cholesterol had something to do with cardiac death. So, and then the people who died, the men who died, they didn't look at their characteristics of those specific men. They only looked at what happened in their whole cohort, as far as whether they were smokers, what they were eating, that type of thing. So a really big problem, big problem with these studies, but yet these inform how our nutritional recommendations now, they're still considered the core studies for the American Heart Association. Thank you, Dr. Newport. That was a great webinar. We really learned about how we need to have good, healthy fats and really restrict our sugar and carbohydrate intake. Excellent information for women with lipedema. And thank you also to you, our listeners. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools, and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, or here at this website, lipedema-simplified.org slash flash, where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. You can now also follow Living Well with Lipedema on 
Amazon Music and get new episodes when they become available. On Instagram, if you tag at Amazon Music and use hashtag podcasts on Amazon Music, Amazon will share or repost it wherever possible. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time for another Living Well with Lipedema Flash Briefing.